Wardell, um, why is Kelly so good at putback dunks? Uh... of That's a Rap Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jay Rosales. Joining me is Dre and Jason. We are just about 10 minutes recording this 10 minutes after the Raptors split a home-and-home home with the Miami Heat. Actually, it's not a home-and-home. Home. What do you want to call it, guys? A back-to-back? Like a, back- like a yeah, mini-series? Also not a back-to-back. I think a series would be three games. But regardless, we played the Heat twice at, at, at our home. Yeah. And... Mind you, a, a home that has no fans, and the Raptors just finished a five-game fanless homestand, winning four of five. So, I think the fans were the jinx. So, yeah. on that note, Dre, how are you doing, man? Not to be too pessimistic or anything, but the Raptors blew somebody out in the 2020-2021 season. It almost feels like Christmas. It's a very strange <laughs> feeling. Uh, this is the the Raptors that I like, and I would argue that Boucher wasn't like the savior of the game for once. This actually, there was no Lowry. This actually was like a cohesive team effort. We almost gave up the lead at one point, but we didn't. And we went back up by like roughly 20 by the end, I think. So um, I'm kind of stunned. This is, this is a nice change of pace. I, you know what? Oddly agree because we've haven't, we haven't had a, I guess a blowout win. Uh, I mean that Charlotte game was was pretty fun too. But there this was the one... Knicks game on New Year's Eve. I know that was like quote unquote last year, but yeah, that was our first yeah. one of the season was a blowout of the Knicks. That's fair. That's fair. But this one, arguably, you would have to say that this was the old Raptors. This is like the the grind yeah. them out, the the heavy on defense. You know, come away with the offense, but the defense was key. But before we get into that, Raptor fans, thank you again for joining us. This is a that's a wrap podcast. A podcast by fans for fans. You can find us on all your podcatchers and also find us on Twitter, which today Jay was so graciously, uh, you know, manned the Twitter account and he obviously did a great job. And each game we will rotate. It's going to be myself and Dre and Jay. And always, you know, contact us there at That's a Rap Pod on Twitter. But let's get into it, man. The the raps just won a, you know, convincing at the, at the end, a 101 81. Uh, game versus the Miami Heat, they did give up that lead um, midway through the third, which but they but they did not let the Miami Heat uh, take over the game. Now I want to ask you guys the difference between the two games because, like we said before, we just played the Miami Heat two days ago and we were laughed at. We definitely got embarrassed so much so that I think all three of us changed to the Nets versus Cavalier Sexton game during that <laughs> game. So I wanted to ask you guys, like, what was the main difference between this game and the last? Was it ju- was it defense? Was it the offense? Was it, you know, we just made shots? What do you think it was? Well, before you talk, Jay, I can tell you one thing that wasn't different. Well, was it different is that Sexton single-handedly destroyed the Nets on both nights. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so, Jay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, it was different. 
No, actually, I, I was I, I did all the tweeting for this game. Why don't we get your thoughts on this, and then I'll I'll jump in with with uh, with mine. So yeah, you can take this. Um, what, what, how do you, how do you think that they they've looked? Well, I feel like you know in the previous game it was kind of like the same old same old we've been seeing this season. Like Siaka, for instance, you know he's getting more confidence, but I feel like in the previous game the defensive stats that he had were a little bit more lacking. Uh, he had the points though, but then if you compare, you know, his like measly like what was it like six rebounds previous game to to this one where he he secured a very very healthy double double, fourteen rebounds, fifteen points. I'd easily sacrifice three points for an additional almost ten rebounds. Uh, so you know that was looking a lot more promising. Uh, the fact that Boucher played you know basically twenty minutes didn't really contribute a hell of a lot stats wise. That's not a negative on him. That's a positive on the team. I feel like that this is one of the rare games this season that we've had where the team was just firing at all cylinders. So you had, you know, Powell uh, showing up, which he's been doing the last couple of games, I feel like, for the most part, not always, but, you know, in general, which is a nice change of pace. Because I remember at the start of the season, we had some qualms about him. Um, Nurse is kind of figuring out how to make do with the team that we have. And it's all about adjustments. Yeah. So basically, we saw a hurting Heat team once. Shame on shame on us because we didn't really do too well. But then we saw them again, and he adjusted very appropriately. Because guess what? We had a lead for basically the majority of the game. And even though we almost did our typical third quarter collapse, five minutes left in the third, we regained that lead. And it was like almost like impossible run an entire like 14 minutes, you know, two in the third and the rest of the fourth. Like it felt like a very different game. I feel like, you know, nurse and company are, are figuring out what to do with their lineup. You know, Siakam's feeling confident. Uh, Powell's getting the groove again. And it's not just the Van Vliet, Boucher, Lowry show anymore. And I think it's a great thing. We still have a lot of crap to clean up with the centers, but we're figuring it out. I think what was frustrating in that, first in the first game of this mini series is that Miami throwing the zone to stop the Raptors should yep. have like every single Raptors fan should have seen that coming, yep. especially nurse himself. So especially considering you, the Charlotte Hornets used it quite effectively against the Raptors, the previous two games. So if anything, the Raptors had reps dealing with the zone. Yeah, they weren't doing too well against it, but at least they had some reps. They could, figure out how to beat it. And here comes Miami with their zone, shuts us down in the fourth quarter. We lose the ball game. Uh, change that to tonight, and there was just a different approach. And who knew it would be, of all people, Stanley Johnson, I think, played a huge part in breaking that yeah. zone. He hit a huge three uh, to stop the run, uh, an early fourth quarter run by the Heat. He had this outstanding pass to a cutting OG Ananobi. I, th- I believe it was, yeah, it was OG Ananobi uh, later on. So, that's if that's all it takes, then that's all it takes, right? And you know, Dre, you you mentioned Norm getting hot. Um, I think that's huge because the, this Raptors team has almost every game this season has jumped out to some sort of a big lead, only to lose it later on. I think that when Nurse tries to figure out what his lineup is going to look like tonight, might be that recipe, right? It is getting someone like a norm, like an instant scorer to kind of help with the getting the early lead up and then reverting to a Stanley Johnson led 
bench defensive lineup, right? And that worked very well in in terms of bringing the team out of that third quarter rut. So again, pieces are falling into place. There, the frustration, you know, that that kind of took over all of us in that game two nights ago, surely disappeared at least after the third quarter in this game. So it's it's frustrating to watch as a Raptors fan because you know what they're capable of. And that fourth quarter today was exactly what the Raptors were capable of. And what we're really hoping for is four quarters of this in, in one yep. game, right? So Jason, what, do, what did you think? Yeah, you saw smiles, right? You saw smiles uh, all around from Siak and Powell and, and Fred, all of them at the end were like, yeah, we got this. We got this. And that's the, man, that, that we've been saying it all along. That's the team that we know. That's the team that like lo- likes to have fun. The last game where we lost 11, uh, 111 to 102, I say this all the time. We're going to live and, and die by the three. And last game, we died by the three. We were, we're 32%, 16 of 49. We were not very good from the, uh, from the field. And, you know, that hurt us a lot. And then I just think that confidence just kept on winding down. And uh, each time, like, Lowry got in, uh, uh, didn't get a call or Fred didn't get a call, we turn it over. The confidence just, just got shot. And then you turn to today, same exact team, no Jimmy Butler. Um, no uh, Tyler Hero. And then the same exact you know defensive scheme uh, because we all knew that Miami is going to throw it in that zone. And we came out with authority. Norman Powell uh, came up with like 15 out of uh, Raptors' first eight. Uh, yeah, 15 of the first 18 points for the Raptors or something like that. We were aggressive in the first quarter. We were aggressive in the fourth quarter. We did let go of the gas a little bit in the third, of course. But we, they just seemed to have a lot more fun. When it when it came to like the rebounding too, and that's what I see the most. And I'm looking at the stats right now for the for this game alone. Uh, the Heat had 32 rebounds. The Raptors had 45. The Heat had four of- offensive rebounds, and the Raptors had 12. So that's a lot of heavy defense. And you could tell uh, during this game that they were putting so much energy into their defensive end that on offense, they were very, very tired. Um, but but the thing about this game is that the offense will come regardless. As long as you play well on defense, well, as long as you give it your all on defense, the offense will come. And you've seen it. And it wasn't just one person. Yes, Norman Powell kind of set the tone, but everyone else contributed. You got, you got Fred with 13, OG with 21, Pascal 15, Norm with 23, Terrence Davis with 12. Like... All around game. This was this was the Toronto Raptors we know and we love. So if we look forward to the next couple of games, Jay, I know you said that we're we're going to be expecting a zone. Look who we have next. The next two games are against the Pacers twice in Indiana. Our old friend Nate Bjorkin, he knows exactly what the Raptors do. And I'm pretty sure that the Pacers put a box and one defense against the Golden State Warriors. We're gonna see some zone. So I wanna I wanna ask you guys. What are you guys expecting in the next couple of games? We got the Pacers, Pacers, Bucks, and Kings. Are you guys going to hopefully expect the same kind of Raptors we had we see today, or you know, are we going to lapse a little bit more? Uh, I think with the Pacers, what you got to look forward to uh, as as a Raptors fan is kind of similar to the Heat, where you're facing an East foe who's shorthanded, and you know, while mm. we definitely hope that the the kidney issues that was discovered for Karis, newly acquired pacer Karis Levert. We hope that it's not 
too serious and that he's able to come back at some point this season and sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this Pacers team is really shorthanded in the most important position in the NBA, and that's the wing. No Karis LeVert, no TJ Warren. Uh, I believe Jeremy Lamb is coming back, so oh, that's no. huge for them. Uh, yeah, Hard we all know him as, yeah, as the as the Raptor killer. Part of a full court, guys. <laughs> right, but you know, again, you know, Jeremy Lamb will 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 do his thing. But you know, the point is with with Levert gone and with Warren gone, that puts a lot more pressure on Sabonis and Brogdon to kind of carry the load for this Pacers squad, right? And uh, you know, ha- having back a, a healthy Lowry or just having Fred Van Vliet out there to to duel with Brogdon will be great because they Van Vliet and Brogdon have very similar numbers. Um, with Sabonis, the the book is out a bit on him. Like he's had, a, he's having actually a better season than he did last year. Last year's All Star season, and he's making a case for another All Star, you know, case this year. And oh yeah, the book is out on him in terms of just make sure he doesn't drive to his left. And the the Raptors did fairly well guarding him last year. I know Serge Ibaka had a lot to do with that, but. Again, if if the the defense only has to focus on those two guys, not have to worry about the wings, I think we saw in the fourth quarter today they are capable of that. So I'm kind of looking forward to this mini series with the Pacers. And then when we were talking about was it the Bucks and I think you said the Kings, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Bucks game, I am not looking forward to that one. I'm not even going to like try to sugarcoat that one. That's <laughs> that's a team that's on a mission and. They can go ahead and defeat the Raptors every time they want the regular season. Uh, I'll save my victories over the Bucks in the playoffs, um, and then we've got the Kings, who the, the the Raptors handled very, very easily um, in the beginning of their West Coast road trip. So, yeah, I could easily see three out of four wins here. Um, but that's that's me. That's optimistic, half glass half full me. Um, what do you think, Dre? At worst, I can see two wins. I think yeah. the the Pacers uh, matchup, you know, the the doubleheader might go one and one. That Bucks game, we don't even need to talk about it. And then you have the Kings <laughs> game, which you all you basically don't need to talk about either for the opposite reasons. So, but isn't that what the the the, the Raptors have done this year? They've just not been what we've expected. Like I think we all predicted a loss to the Mavs. And they went out and just blitzed them, right? So wouldn't sure. it be fit if they, you know, defeat the Bucks and then lose to the Kings? Like, <laughs> I don't know what to expect with these guys. Well, the thing is, this season, I don't know if it's because of the bubble or, you know, that it's shortened and the, the scheduling's a bit weird. And this is a little bit more what I was expecting last year when there was parity throughout the entire season. Because you're looking at a lot of teams like Brooklyn, Freaking Brooklyn pre Harden with Harden is nine and eight. You look at like the best teams outside of you know the Clippers and the Lakers, uh, and you know, oddly enough, uh, Philadelphia and the Bucks, and you have so much even like weird standings throughout the entire league. So, like, the, the former Eastern champions with very few lineup changes are like below 500 that's the heat so there are so many weird stat matchups throughout the entire league where it's like wait a second this team is good yet this is their standing the knicks are above 500 if i'm not mistaken the Cavs are killing it and we don't know if that's going to stick it could but it might not 
And that's where the Raptors are right now, where it's like, we're below 500, we're not doing too well, but that might not be true. We might be doing better, and we might actually have a playoff spot. It's just such a bonkers year. So, um, first off, there's that. Secondly, it's strange that I'm looking at this Indiana team, because if you asked me at the start of the season, I'd say, oh yeah, I'm confident. But now it's like we're the underdogs, because Indiana's doing pretty well, even though they're hurting. Despite the very wonky start to our season, we're not that far off from contention if you really look at it. Yeah, I would just add one point there in terms of like the Raptors being better than their their record shows. Um, you know, according to NBA.com's uh, advanced stats, you know, one stat that I like to look at again is still we're almost at the stage where we can start to trust the the rating stats, but there's almost enough of a sample size. We want to get it to like about a quarter of the season, and we're almost there. But despite that, if we're looking at net rating, which is a good indicator of how good a team is doing despite the wins and losses. The Raptors are on the verge of being the only team in the top 10. They're 11th right now, but the only team in the top 10 with a losing record, meaning that they are playing better than about 19, about two thirds of the team of the teams, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we break that out East and West, the Raptors would be like sixth right now. Uh, their, their record indicates that they should be a sixth place team right now. So again, it's looking up and, you know, they're, they're kind of on the, uh, on the upward trajectory as they're playing, as they've been playing so well lately. So yeah, I'm very hopeful that this, this trend is actually a good thing and that it'll continue. But and um, if you look at it this way, yeah. if your uh, prediction is correct and it's three and one, they reach 500. That's a pretty good improvement from what we were seeing. Actually they don't, but it's okay. It's a don't they? <laughs> Cause they're six and nine right now, aren't they? Yeah. Three and one makes it nine oh. and 10. All right. Uh, okay. Mathematics. <laughs> we would be. We would be five hundred. Close enough. Be close enough. Yeah, be close. Be close. <laughs> to your point, Dre. If you look at the things, we are a game and a half uh, from eighth place. We are two games and a half from fourth place, and we are four games out of first place. So well, we might not be five hundred, but we'd be secure in the playoff spot. Yeah, and to see this team, you know, in the last uh, homestand go go three and one, you can tell that this team is kind of putting it together, and that's why I'm optimistic. Yes, we can kind of look at the Bucks game; we, it's it's a little daunting, sure, but I mean, like you said, Jay, it could be surprising. And talking about a surprising matchup today, I thought, I thought, and, and Jay, I know you you said Stanley Johnson made a big difference. I thought Baines had a hell of a game today. Maybe not in the stat sheet-wise because he only played 23 minutes, six rebounds, three points. But what he did uh, against uh, Bam Adebayo, uh, the physicality uh, giving him the annoyance. Like Bam is usually really good with um, drawing fouls. Like Today, they the, the, the Heat altogether, they only had 10 free throws. So I thought the the center position, yes, Chris Boucher is probably going should be to me should be the starting position. But coming off the bench is fine because when you have someone like Bam, or yeah, when you're facing someone like Bam, you're going to need that big body. So I really do think Baines played pretty well. I want to get your thoughts before we go into break because I know we're going to talk about the center position. So real quick, what do you guys think about Baines today, and do you think we're going to see more Baines going moving forward? Uh, I thought that this matchup was just ideal for him. Good chance for him to kind of show that he's still worthy of some minutes here. Uh, to echo your point, excellent job on Bam. I even saw that in the previous game in that loss. He put in some solid minutes there. Mm-hmm. You know, as it pertains to his numbers, actually, 
today was the first game where he actually had like before this game he had zero blocks as a raptor and now he has three so this was this was kind of his coming out party as it were and um you know good on him to kind of show his worth and i think that if anything he's probably earned that you know depending on the matchup he'll he'll definitely earn some more minutes with a showing like he had tonight and then one final one point i do want to make though about boucher is i am a little concerned and it's not necessarily about boucher but it's about how other teams are game planning on him and we mm. saw it in the previous game and it kind of leaked over into this game eric spolstra is a coaching genius and yes. he very simply decided okay this guy is killing it from outside let's force him to dribble and i haven't looked up the stats you know i'm dying to but i feel like he rarely if ever dribbles it's a catch and shoot or it's he catches it in the dunker spot and is rolling to the rim and that's where he's effective. When he is forced to actually put the ball in the floor, he doesn't know what to do with it. So I worry a bit about what game plan the Heat have put together and that they've kind of laid out a strategy in terms of slowing down Boucher for other teams to follow. So something I'm going to keep an eye out on is if other teams try to do that too, trying to run him off the line, force him to kind of dribble the ball even and uh, see how that goes. But I- I'm a little bit concerned there. Yeah, well, first off, I just want to say, uh, as much as, uh, you know, Baines bothers me, that block stat is interesting because that's not necessarily reflective of his actual capabilities. Because keep in mind, how many games was he or any other starting center just subbed for Boucher very, very quickly? So uh, it's nice to see, as a naysayer, it's nice to see that he's actually doing pretty well when given the right matchups. Hopefully that'll help boost his confidence. Um, otherwise, yeah, um, the problem with facing people like Spolstra twice in a row is that they expose problems or flaws or exploitations. And, you know, any other reasonable coach, so anybody, but I, I guess uh, Saunders for the Timberwolves, sorry. But, um <laughs> Uh, any reasonable coach would like be watching other games, you know, and, and looking for their own ammunition. So this is something that, that the Pacers, especially, you know, um, our Raptors alumni over there can watch, you know, the Spolster games and be like, he figured out something. There, there's an exploitation here with Boucher. Can we get to that in two games? So that's a little frightening. You know, Spolster is a, a great coach, but we've learned. And I feel like this upswing is also indicative of this, even though we've seen a little bit more of an imperfect side of him this season so far. Nurse is a good coach too, and that's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna leave it at that. I have. Faith. I like that. I like ending this half. I like ending this half saying that you know what we we have faith and and I agree. You know, shout out to the Baines fan club. We have faith in in Aaron, Aaron Baines. But let's take a little bit of break. Um, I know that we're going to have a, quite a packed schedule for the next week for the Toronto Raptors. You'll see us on Twitter, of course, at That's a Rep Pod on every game. Uh, you know, search for us there. But until then, we're going to come back and talk about a uh, you know, I guess a former Raptor. Now, talk to you guys soon.
Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. has done better things than the Brooklyn Big Three so far. I'm just going to say that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Oof. Oh, Ooh, you didn't have to stop very long for that one. Am Not I at wrong? all. Damn. Have they won a single game yet? I think they won like one. Well, <laughs> I guess, you know, if it wasn't for Sexland, damn. The oh, guys yeah. All right. We'll, we'll talk we'll, about we'll, that in just a second. Yeah, we'll talk about that soon. But before we do that, welcome back. Two, that's a rap podcast a raptor podcast for fans by fans the first section or segment was all about the raptors and how we defeated the miami heat after a loss to the miami heat we got a couple of games coming up against the indiana pacers and then the bucks and then the sacramento kings let us know what you guys think on twitter at that's rap pod uh you know interact with us interact with us there but now we got to talk about an ex raptor alex len i don't know if you guys already heard Ooh. this nice right <laughs> the Toronto Raptors, I believe, uh, not, I don't know, I don't really know how long ago, to be honest, but Alex Lynn was waived by the Toronto Raptors and he just <laughs> um, signed a one year deal with the Washington Wizards. I'm now, sorry, isn't that sad that you don't even know when he got waived? Because, <laughs> like, I don't was, either. This, this is the thing, like, I remember, I think it was Blake Griffin on Twitter who, who said, who asked, Yeah, yes. <laughs> what did I say, Blake Griffin? <laughs> well, I mean, at this point. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say it too. <laughs> uh, well, Blake Murphy, my bad. Blake Murphy from the Athletic. He tweeted out, you know, what was your favorite? I think it was Blake Murphy. What yeah. was your favorite um, Alex Len moment? And a lot of it was, yeah, that New York Knicks game where he had like three corner threes. But that's about it, right? I yeah. mean, he he averaged two point three points, one point six rebounds, ten point eight minutes for the Raptors. He really didn't contribute very much at all. And I remember when we got when we signed him. Uh, I remember listening to uh, the No Dunks podcast and they were saying, hey, Raptor fans, you're going to love and hate uh, Alex Len. There's going to be moments where you're going to love him, i.e. that New York Knicks game. And there's going to be moments where he's going to drive you crazy. Like everything he, else. He was, he was like a rookie Valanchunas, right? And I would say a rookie Valanchunas was better than Alex Len at this moment. And I, I didn't feel like like not saying that he's not a good player i mean i'm sure he's fine but like for a top draft pick 2013 he didn't show anything and this opens up obviously a spot a roster spot and you know we've gone back and forth on a group chat hey you know rhj i know you're a free agent still <laughs> or even hey bruno caboclo so like what did you guys think or and do you think that we should sign anybody like rhj or or even bruno caboclo like what do you guys think I would revive the career of Roy Hibbert at this point. It's that, it's that bad for you, huh? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead with your, with your actual serious commentary. 
<laughs> no, I, you know, for me, it's like I, I did a over at Raptors HQ. All of us take turns uh, picking a Raptors player before the season starts and doing a player preview. I volunteered, not voluntold, I volunteered to do an Alex Len player preview to get, try to get everyone hyped up. I was doing the research. I, I'm and, sorry. Man. I'm yeah. Sorry. I you know what I I I I was drinking the juice, but like I think I was the only one drinking the juice because yeah. uh, even in my research it was like, Ugh. all right, I, I gotta. I thought you might try to cut out I, to write this thing. It's like, oh god, I give you the courage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was. A lot of things were omitted to to just try to paint a, a rosy picture, and it, it wasn't that great. So, yeah, it, it it really is unfortunate that he didn't work out here, and I know that we'll. we'll spend most of this segment talking about um you know who the raptors should replace him with but I'll, I'll just quickly say about len himself you know it's unfortunate that he didn't work out i think that it's if anything it's a a wake-up call to the other new raptors that you know if you don't pick things up if you don't pick up the defensive scheme quickly then you know we have no problems booting you out right so if anything maybe that was the driving force behind baines's game tonight but Having said that, with Len, um, you know, he was picked up off waivers by the Washington Wizards. And whenever Washington gets on the court again, uh, I actually think he'll do fine there. Mm-hmm. Like, if we remember, the Wizards were one of the, uh, the highest scoring teams last year. They lived and died by the three. We already saw what Len was capable of, even in that mini stretch in the next game. So my guess is he will have a fairly solid game or two in the first couple of weeks that he's on the team. And then people are going to be like, where was this guy on the Raptors? How come he never played like this for us? And that's just really, those yeah. are people who are just looking at the points and the threes cool. made. And like, yeah, like of course he's going to produce, he's on a crappy team. So yeah, I, I think that that's kind of going to be his, his destiny there is that he'll, he'll end up having a pretty decent season over in Washington because you know, A, he's going to have the opportunity. He's going to get the minutes. Uh, it's the type of offense which helps boost everyone's stats. And also, they lost Thomas Bryant. So, like, they really have no centers now. So, uh, I think Len is lined up pretty well. Um, and, and I wish him the best in Washington. But, like, if if you're you're a Raptors fan and you want to look at him having any success elsewhere, it it, it really was just a fit thing. It's it, This is not the right place for him. Yeah, and I know I'm making, like, a lot of jabs, but... I'm kind of in a mood tonight. It's 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 nothing uh, strictly personal with Len, and um, as much as I don't like the Wizards, I hope he does well. And I hope they do well because you know, in all honesty, I don't like the Wizards, but I was anticipating better things for them given you know the the Beal Westbrook lineup and other uh, other considering factors. So um, I hope that this is the piece that they were missing and that they're a part of the conversation because they had just as rough as of a start of a season as we have and they're both teams where i know we could both do better so you know from one to the other i hope that this is the thing that that len needed and now we've got an open door for ourselves which any listeners who are wondering why len and not baines it's because baines is worth five million extra that's why you're, you're going to be losing money waving a guy so um mm-hmm. i guess between the two it was len uh as you said, this was Baines' opportunity to, to show up, uh, and he proved that a little bit, which is which is rather nice. But I'm sure that that will lead to other discussions about centers, which we will get into in a second. Jason, though, what do you think? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I wasn't very high on Alex Lynn. I, 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 you know, I guess I drank a little bit of the juice, but I mean, because of that Nick Knicks game. But outside of that, like whenever he had the basketball and he was dribbling, I was cl- I was clenching my fist. I was like, no. it, it wasn't pretty. And when I heard that they were waving him and it wasn't really a surprise nor like, does it help us? Does it hurt us? I don't know. Does this mean more Aaron Baines? Sure. That'd be fine. Does this mean more Chris Boucher? Yeah. I mean, Nick nurse even said like there wasn't a need for a third center because at the moment, how many times are we going to play traditional center basketball? And maybe today against the Miami heat, maybe, I mean, even, even someone like Bam Adebayo isn't very a traditional center. So you're not going to need it. And now we're, we're in need of, rebounds in the in defense and so that's why i'm even looking at like the free agent tracker not many centers are really any good centers are really available like i heard some rumors about tyson chandler like really why or even like joakim noah like no one really needs that anymore new york knicks don't even need that right now and i know that there's going to be a move being made i hope it's going to probably sure up the power forward position uh just because like we don't need uh, a score at the moment we we are full of wings uh, like we've always been and we just need someone who's going to be the agitator the 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 Serge Ibaka if you will the one who's going to look for those rebounds and look to not score the points we need that Dennis Rodman we need mm-hmm. you know we, we just don't need anybody else that, that wants to control the basketball and score we just need someone who is going to set the tone every single time. And honestly, man, like whenever I heard about RSJ being a free agent still, I can't help and think that those games where he just boosted the bench uh, and gave us a shot of energy. That's what I, that's what I'm, I'm hoping for. Is there anybody in on the market right now that you think uh, Jay or Dre, that would be a good fit for the Raptors at the moment? Yeah, I had, I had some names in mind, but all, all of them have either been, mentioned already or they've been picked up um one name that that kind of came up uh last week or actually once the lend news came about was was kyle o'quinn who's uh, also a good mm-hmm. friend of kyle lowry but he got picked up so there he goes and you know the, the even uh bruno caboclo is someone that like yeah he's it'd be f- kind of cool to bring him back but at the same time it's like how good is he really going to be right so there, there isn't any sexy names out there, at least jumping out to my mind. And even if it was someone like a Rondé, Hollis Jefferson, um, is is that exactly what we need? Like he he is he fits the mold of a defensive stopping wing, which we actually have enough of, especially now that Stanley Johnson has emerged, right? Yeah. So uh, RHJ actually is not going to be the answer, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I honestly, I don't know. And the other thing that that's come that I've thought about was the fact that we're not seeing any big name centers or guys who could plug that hole. Maybe that's because it isn't someone who's going to be picked up in free agency. Maybe just maybe the Raptors needed to clear a roster spot to open up for a trade. Now I don't know. Interesting. Who that trade will be, but you know, if you need to take back two players and trade away one, at least you have the space for that now. Right. So who knows? Uh, you know, Masai works in mysterious ways. And, uh, you know, I anxiously wait to see who fills that spot. And one other thing that came up in terms of like how that spot could be filled is you could just also just um, convert Utah 
with Anabi, right? Like he's he's yeah. played well enough that he could probably he's be very well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? And you know, we didn't see much of him during this this heat mini series, but he seems to be playing well enough that he's almost earned himself a roster spot. Like no need for that then open up another two-way, right? Um the reason why that's not happening is because the two-way contract works for uh you could have a a guy on a two-way contract for up to 50 NBA games. Now, the reason why that's important is you want to keep those two-way spots occupied because you're not paying for them. So right now, Utah is counting nothing on our salary cap. So Hmm. why convert him now? So there's no rush for them to, maybe they could like tell him like verbally, like, hey, we're we're definitely going to convert you because you're so good, but we're not going to do it till game 50, right? We're going to use up all this free money you're giving us. And then we'll we'll make sure you're you're handsomely paid after. So that's why I think that that conversion is not going to happen yet. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing to look out for is that the NBA is looking into, you know, especially with all of these contact tracing and postponements and and guys missing so many games and rosters being depleted. There is talks about adding an additional spot, an additional two way spot. So um, again, that could work in in favor of the Raptors because the Raptors are one of the very few teams, knock on wood, that have been healthy this year, right? So adding yeah, another body here would be good. Seven yeah. teams that are haven't been contact traced? That's or, it, or only seven. Team. Yeah, and the Raptors are one of them. Jeez. Yeah, so knock on wood, knock on wood. If you're talking about, you know, uh, counting on, on more minutes on, on Utah, or even if we're going to talk about a little bit more later with uh, Terrence Davis, like, I wouldn't mind seeing that either, uh, because just because like Yuta has been playing very well. I know Stanley uh, picked up his uh, player option this uh, past season, so so he's been playing very well in, in his in his role as well. So yeah, again, there's not really anybody you know, no sexy names out there at the moment. Um, but <laughs> I know for for uh, for Dre, I mean, he wouldn't mind uh, having someone like uh, Javale McGee oh, because you know, if we're talking about we're talking about free agents, I mean. Well, it's not going to happen Brooklyn because the Cavs are firing on all cylinders. Oh, let's talk yeah. about the Cavs. Let's talk about the Cavs. Yeah, let's talk about the Cavs because today, not only did the Raptors win, uh, but the Cleveland Cavaliers also beat the Brooklyn Nets uh, the second time yep. um, because they had their little mini series as well. And thanks, you know, all thanks, not, maybe not all thanks to the, uh, the sec- Sexton. Sexton had a um, relative. You're about to say Sexland. I, I was about to say Sexland. I definitely was. But. It was it was funny because they just picked up uh, the the Cavs. I mean, they just picked up uh, Jared Allen, uh, and they he had to play his team back to back. And you know, good for him that he beat our big three Nets. And I must have felt good for him. But the Cleveland the Cleveland Cavaliers are completely stacked at the center position. Jared Allen, Javale McGee, Andre Drummond. I mean, they gotta let you know. Give us one of them, man. Toronto. Cavs, give us one of them, please, for Dre's sake, at least. <laughs> well, uh, you know, C for Cleveland and Cavaliers and center, I guess. Look, I mean, first off, uh, Sexton, if he's not an all-star this season, no matter which way the Cavs go, if they start to tank or whatnot, I think, you know, everyone's out of their minds. The guy deserves a spot. The guy, The guy's been one of the most exciting players to watch this season, without question. So... Look, I know it's been a big joke, JaVale McGee, JaVale McGee, but considering his tenure with with the Warriors and with with the Lakers, whether he started or came off the bench, the guy's clearly, look, he, 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 he screws up every once in a while, but he's also got a fantastic IQ in some instances. So 
and the guy is tall, he's lanky, but I feel like having played with LeBron, having played with Durant, having played with Draymond, which is very important because of the defensive stop, having played with so many great teachers and people who gave him a chance at his lowest, I don't see what would be so wrong about that. I personally would love to have JaVale McGee as our center. It can't get any worse. I honestly think that that would be great. Where Unlike Andre Drummond, where I feel like we lost that, I feel like with JaVale McGee, who knows if we traded for him, given some certain pieces, we could actually get it. Because other, other than that, what other not great teams have ideal centers? Because we're not going to be getting the big ones, right? We're not getting, you know, obviously Jokic or Gobert or anything like that. So out of the teams that are willing to sacrifice their starting or prominent center, what other options do we have? Let's think about it. Who is on, like, you know, the Pistons? Okay, see, you know, so are there any other names that would be better and, you know, reasonable and realistic than JaVel McGee? And if there are, I'd like to hear them. Uh, okay, just, just we're going to backtrack just a little bit. And the only other name that we didn't mention earlier in terms of guys that are just sitting out there and available uh, is Dwayne Dedman. And I think that he's not bad. You know, he can, yeah. he can hit the outside jumper. I can't remember if he's... Uh, you know, he, he does give you a little bit of defense, but I don't remember if he's actually a good defender. So just another thing I'm going to throw out there. But sticking with the Cavs here, the, yeah, it, it it's funny that you, you use the word stacked at center because I'm like, oh, they're not stacked. And then I look at it, I'm like... Yeah, they actually, they kind of are, right? Like, they're they're just... And I, and I think it's the way in which I'm interpreting that, right? It's not like stacked as in they have like five all-stars in the same position right but they literally have like five guys who are like so close to or over seven feet tall all playing power forward or center right so they really have to get rid of one of them right and um you know if we want to you know throw some some fuel to the fire there whether it is javale mcgee and uh, honestly the, the best one of the bunch that would be you know both a a, a great fit and a great salary would be jared allen but I think that, you know, the, the Cleveland are set up very well for the future at the center position with Jared Allen. If anyone, it is going to be Drummond and McGee older. who are going to be the names. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're going to be the ones on the, on the, on the trading block. Right. And Drummond's $28 million. That's way too much to even try to concoct a deal. Right. So, you know, to your point, JaVale McGee probably is the, the most readily available via trade that, that, Cleveland can get rid of right and with his salary being only at 4.2 million that's Pat McCaw yeah. that is you know Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas right that is not a lot right so People we aren't even uh, using so why exactly not? exactly and, and it, it pained me to say you know Matt Thomas's name and also pained me to say redacted name without without remembering to say redacted but yeah, yeah it's it, it's not going to take much right and if cleveland feel like at seven and seven or sorry they're eight and seven now if they feel like they're actually are going to have a chance at making the plus making some noise they should definitely look at unloading a center or two and upgrading in other areas right and, and if they want to really make a big splash someone like a norm powell could really help them out right so Give us your best offer, Cleveland, because uh, we're we're ready to to pounce. Yeah, there you go. Okay, and I had to bring this up. I know you you talked about uh, you know, 
his name or redacted, I guess, because I haven't been, I've never been the one who, who wanted to either say that or be the reason to you know, be the guy who just starts saying Terrence Davis because everyone else is saying redacted. I don't know. Regardless to say, uh, the reason why I'm bringing uh, Terrence Davis up is because um, we all know that he's still do, dealing with the issues uh, when it comes to, you know, Illegal. him being having to go through like a court date um, in February uh, for for his allegations. The Cavs, sticking with the Cavs, they had to trade uh, one of their young stars in um, Kevin Porter Jr. And a little background on him. He was drafted uh, 30th overall in 2019 by the Cavaliers. Um, he was playing pretty well, 10 points, 3.2 rebounds, 2.2 assists uh, before the COVID hit. Then, you know, a few things happened. Um, in August, he was accused of punching a woman. Uh, two months later, he, he sent a cryptic Instagram posting to the Cavs. And then he was also arrested on a gun and marijuana possession charges in November. Finally, the last straw for the Cavs that he became upset in the locker room and basically threw things at Tori and Prince in like a verbal confrontation. So the Cavs decided, you know what, we got to get, get this guy out of here. And he was moved to Houston for a second round draft. Now, of course, I'm not saying, you know, apples to apples. The, if we're talking about Terrence Davis and Kevin Porter Jr., those allegations aren't the same um they there's a lot more going on when it comes to kevin porter and terrence davis by by all means i mean i'm again i'm not going to be the judge juror uh an executioner on this one because you know he's on trial but again he uh, he seems to be a, a great teammate to his fellow teammates he's playing uh, uh at the moment he's not being traded i'm just wondering what do you guys feel about how the Cavs dealt with this against how the Toronto Raptors are dealing with it. Now, again, before we answer it, Toronto, the Raptors can't actually do anything. It actually has to go through like the NBA PA, the NBA, and then decide would they decide what happens after the uh, court date in February. So the Raptors can't actually do anything yet. But, you know, do you think that the Cavs handled this a little bit better if you kind of compared apples to oranges? Can I, I just uh, can I just actually add one piece of information, Dre? Just, yeah, just yeah. to... Just to further clarify what happened in in Cleveland, there, um, the the reason for the the fight with with, with Torian Prince is that, yeah, is that you know this actually stems from the the Harden trade. So in that Harden trade, Cleveland acquired Torian Prince. The Cavs ownership gave Torian Prince Kevin Porter Jr.'s locker. So when Kevin Porter showed up and said, "What the hell, man?" where's my locker he got moved to where all the uh the rookies are so he kind of felt like it was like he'd been downgraded right and he hadn't done anything so that kind of set him off and you know again it's it's another scenario where a wing on the cleveland cavaliers threw food at someone Mm -hmm. so uh it's it's a, a really like wild story, but I mean, I just want to add a little bit more color to this in terms of like, you know, the, what Cleveland did to Kevin Porter Jr. kind of sucked. Like, don't give away his locker. Like, without there's a new guy in town, like, or anything. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So th- that's the only thing I'm going to side with Kevin Porter Jr. on with this. But like everything that happened after, and almost everything that happened before, is yeah. is definitely his fault. But uh, yeah, Dre, go ahead. What what are your thoughts on this? Well, okay. So I'm glad that you clarified what had happened because on one hand you know you can sympathize with a guy who uh wasn't told that his locker was going to be swapped 
clearly there was a lack of respect. But now we backtrack. And it's like, why is it that, you know, the weapons possession, um, you know, the, the domestic abuse, that wasn't the final straw. But him throwing food because he had a tantrum, that was. It's a little it's a little sad, I think. And if I feel like that was the final straw because now he's like losing it and, and trying to harass or like, you know, trying to attack, you know, fellow players or people of the organization. But A, you moved his locker, which, you know, would make most people mad, but you moved his locker. My point is you clearly had a lack of respect for him anyway, as if, you know, whatever previously happened or who he is as a player or whatever, just didn't mean enough that you could move his locker for somebody else because moving a locker, it sounds stupid, but you know, most people listening to this podcast, I can imagine are sports fans moving a locker. It's an invasion of privacy. It's a lack of respect. It's a lot of things to a player who has earned that spot. You know, you would never find, or or they would be asked, can we move your locker? Because we need this. And ideally, what is the purpose of moving a locker unless you're out of lockers or something else? Because ideally, the next player would just take the empty locker. So what is the point? Clearly, that is a sign of, you know, a lack of enough respect, which could have stemmed from everything else, which at that point, I ask, why didn't you get rid of him sooner? If it is because of that. And if it isn't, then what did you expect when this is a guy with a known abusive history? Did you, like, any rational person, I can imagine Tim Duncan being like, man, what the F? Like, what are you guys doing? Like, why are you moving my locker? Rookie year, doesn't matter. So any sane player would be upset. What did you think was going to happen with a guy with an abusive past? And then this was the final straw. It's almost like they egged him on. And this was like their way of being like, okay, good. Goodbye. We had no other way of doing this, but they do. Cause they have all this power. Cause they, they run an organization. I don't know. Something doesn't add up fully, but at the same time, it's like, it's sad that this is where society is, where the final straw is well after the fact, it's like the business decision. So somebody like Chris Brown could keep making music until he does something with his label even though of his massive abuse of past. So somebody like Terrence Davis or, you know, redacted, I guess nothing's happened yet. And I guess it's because business is business as usual, but until something happens in the Raptors organization, that's going to change. So are the Raptors handling it better or worse? No, they're handling it the same. It's just that that hasn't happened yet. And it's, it's really sad that that's where society is where, we have to wait until business gets affected where it's money or the partnerships, but you know, it's the external things where it's like, you know, maybe they should have looked into it more sent him for anger management, something intervened in a way that like corrected these mistakes. Cause clearly they didn't. And then stuff like this happens. So that that's all I'm going to say. It's, it's sad. It's sad because I feel like, business is prioritized over the lives of the people who are who who have been abused and those and the abusers who can be helped they can be fixed and like hey this isn't the way to act we will send you to rehab we'll send you to anger management we'll figure this out because you could be a better person clearly that's not a priority and that's all i'm going to say about that you know as you guys were specifically dre when you were speaking about you know what what 
the scenario is with, with Porter Jr., it got me thinking that there actually is, uh, you know, quite a, a lot more similarities to this and the the redacted issue that 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 I originally thought, right? And if if redacted all of a sudden had a, a an outburst in the Raptors locker room and you know threw something at someone, that would be it. Would that would that be it? Would that? I I don't know, because here's the thing: is like the you know going back to what Jason was saying about his current situation with um, the NBA investigation. Here's where the the Raptors are kind of handcuffed, right? They, if they were to waive him now, or yeah, if they were to waive him now, the National Basketball Players Association can come back and say, well, you know, you were giving him minutes. It's not like the Len situation where he had some DNP CDs, like he actually was contributing to your team. So you can't just say you waived him because of basketball reasons. And for that reason, you're in trouble. That's so true. the Raptors are handcuffed in, in, in that manner with Len. It was like, okay, he just wasn't playing, right? Like he's not good and whatever. Right. But you can't really do that with redacted. Right. So they're kind of stuck with that. Right. So, uh, but what they can do is just not play him. Right. And they continue to do that. And that's the part that, is frustrating for a lot of Raptors fans is okay. Well, if um, you know, yeah, you don't have to play him. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and that goes back to what you were saying about the business side of this, right. Is, is, you know, this is not a great situation to be in and you know, the the Raptors, there's pressure for them to win. And if they feel like, especially nurse feels like redacted can help in that manner, then he's going to play him. It's just, it sucks because it's like, we all kind of know off the court that, you know, he probably shouldn't be playing, right? So, yeah, that that's that's all I was going to add to it. And, um, yeah. you know, I'm hoping for a, a good resolution soon. Same. Same same with uh, Kevin Porter Jr. as well. Um, he, he did uh, send out a, you know, thankful message to the Cavs saying that, you know, uh, you're making a Seattle youngster feel at home in, in Ohio. So, you know, let's, let's hope for the best for, for Kevin Porter in, in that situation. Same thing for... Aaron Davis. What was the food that he chicken. tossed? Just out of curiosity. Oh man, it wasn't chicken soup this time. Oh, yeah, because J.R. Smith threw soup, which that could look like burn someone. So, yeah, 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 that could be a could, you could be charged for something for that one. But um, all right, so there you have it, uh, Raptors fans, NBA fans. Um, let us know your thoughts on these past few Heat games, and as well as the next couple of. of Raptors games when you got two against the Pacers one against the Bucks and the Kings before you hear us again in your ears uh, but until then Dre where can we find you brother you can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs you can follow my film editorial and review website films without F-I-L-M-S F-A-T-A-L-E dot com no spaces I'm putting out my top 100 films of the 1940s the first Monday of February so that's going to be exciting um, and as well, through Films Mattel, we have the K-Cut Podcast, which is a movie podcast by movie nerds that runs every Tuesday evening. So look forward to that. Jerry, where can we find you? Oh, you forgot another plug, my friend. You're, if you haven't listened to it already, the, yes. the previous episode we had this week uh, where Dre sat down with the boys over at, um, oh, yeah. at Benchmark Sport there. Outstanding interview. And I, I urge you to go back and listen to it. It's not your typical rap. That's a rap podcast episode where we're talking about the Raptors. Although there is some Raptors talk in there, it's a great interview. And and Nick's. And, 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 and and Nick's talk slander, whatever. <laughs> uh, I urge you all to you know check out the link. Uh, you know I we we tweeted it out earlier today, uh, 
And yeah, it's worth a listen because, you know, there's all this talk about supporting local business and rightfully so, but all that focuses on restaurants and retail. Let's not forget about the sports side of it and let's support these guys. So, uh, you know, I urge you to listen to that. I think it's great. Um, I'm not even going to plug anything for myself because I think that that's enough of a plug. So that's it for me. Uh, Over to you, Jason. I I agree. Um, and you can find all of us at That's a Rap Podcast. I believe the next game, Dre, you got that one covered on Sunday, and I will be uh, one covering on Monday. So definitely check us out at That's a Rap Podcast. Again, this is a That's a Rap Pod, a podcast for Raptors fans by Raptors fans. Find us on all your podcatchers, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever have you. And, you know, give us a rating because who doesn't like that? But until then, that's a wrap.